Inside Westminster. Chapter 47. Nobody's Business. Benedict Morgan, the PM's chief advisor, had had enough. Where he got his money from was nobody else's business. He'd done nothing illegal, so the great unwashed, led by their shortened curlies by that fat festering lot of investigative journalists, could simply F the hell off. He proved that he didn't answer to anyone by simply not turning up to that stupid House of Commons Committee of Privileges courtroom drama. Not only was he not an elected MP, but he had shown the mob that he was above the laws set by them. He knew that these organisations were mere windbags, providing comfort to the chattering classes and relied solely on everyone acting with decorum and doing the right thing. Fuck that, he'd said to his wife, the long-suffering Gwendolyn. They're toothless, spineless and ballless, so they can shove their invitation right where it belongs. I might have gone had they called it a summons, but all this gentleman sophistry just does my crust in. Yes, unbelievably, there was a Mrs. Benedict Morgan. But she was all right, as she hardly ever saw our friend Benedict, preferring to reside on the family estate in glorious Northumberland. She was a notable journalist herself, and it was as deputy at the Twitcher that the Holy Trinity of Benedict, Potty and Gwendolyn had been formed. Potty had been editor, Gwendolyn his deputy, and Benedict, chief researcher of all things gossipy. Potty had moved on and Benedict and Gwendolyn had married. That was over a decade ago. With modern technology, Gwendolyn could mainly work from home and she thanked her lucky stars that she didn't have to live in the dreaded smoke anymore. There was the added advantage that their two children could attend the local schools, all rated as outstanding by Ofsted, and that her parents, Viscount and Viscountess Strathern, could be involved with the childcare. Have you submitted those set-aside invoices yet? shouted Benedict down the phone to Gwendolyn. If we don't get a move on, we'll be out and it'll be too late to claim. Yes, yes, Ben, don't worry. It's all been done and we're set to scoop in 20k. Not bad for not tilling the soil. I mean, farming is such blisteringly hard work, so I'm all in favour of that policy. Pity we're leaving. Well, we are, so just shut it, won't you? Gwendolyn knew better than to rile her man. I mean, she could lead the good life in the wilds of the northeast, far away from the madding and maddening crowds of the Westminster bubble. Back in Balmoral, Mandy's patience was being sorely tried. She was expected to get up early and traipse across the windswept and soggy moors, all in the cause of stalking some half-scared beast into submission. But she played along, as she really had no choice. Potty seemed to be having fun, as he could pretend to be important. He did seem to fit right in, as most of the boys had been to the same school. Remember KC? he quizzed. Who? O'Malley? Yes, that shyster. I mean, who did he think he was kidding, marrying that divorcee with kids just for cover? I know, continued Potty. Still a good number, being a beak there. And great if you like little boys, he said, winking at one of the princes. 
and so their flying visit came to an end. Pity, really, as Mandy was just getting into the swing of curtsying and being terribly polite and restrained for once in her life. Both she and Potty knew that they had been jolly lucky to be invited at all, so had been happy to accept whatever conditions had been laid down, like no swearing, no excessive drinking, only black tie for dinner, etc., etc. All boring protocol, which would normally have been totally unacceptable for a maverick soul like Mandy Swinton Eagle, but she was learning what side her bread was buttered and was happy to toe the line. Meanwhile, in the sunny Antipodes, our friends Fudge, Von Stratton and Quick weren't faring so well, as Fudge had let rip at a formal dinner held in honour of the Queen. Unfortunately, by the time his after-dinner speech had come, he'd had a few too many and he managed to slag off practically every member of the royal family. Shoulders huffing with his own laughter, he laid into one and then the other. Chain-smoking gin-swiller, he'd called one. Corrupt womanising braggart, another. And so on, till Charles and Effie had wanted to sink into the ground with embarrassment. Never mind, Fudge assured them later. It's all been paid for in advance, so these Sheilas can just poke up with a bit of my sense of humour. I thought they'd agree anyway. Well, it was the centenary dinner for the Anglo-Australia Order of the Garter Society, so possibly not, interjected Charles. Don't worry, old boy. They'll be eating out of my hand tomorrow, reassured Fudge. And the funny thing is that they were.